0: as a business owner, I think it's also very exciting and rewarding to be able to provide these types of perks to your team. So whenever we're working with a new client, we do absolutely ask a lot of questions that help us understand what are their goals and what are they looking to accomplish.
1: Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of While We Were Working. While We Were Working is the show that helps you become a better people leader in your small business or startup. This is episode 21, which means we're officially legal now. (laughs) And this week we are talking all about uh, remote workers and some interesting facts around HR not knowing where their workers are. And we are following that up with Consultants Corner, talking about when do you really need HR if you are a startup? As always, I'm joined by my great co-host and consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart, Summer Keytron. Summer, say hey.
0: Hi, Joey. Hey, all of our listeners. We're so excited for our episode today. So you're going to want to stick around to see what we have to share on these topics today.
1: Yeah, and before we jump into those topics, I'd love to get into high-low buffalo, which is our thing at Jumpstart, where it helps you to learn a little bit more about us. We use it to get to learn more about our team and the highs of the week, the lows of the week, and buffalo is a random fact. So Summer, go ahead, take it away.
0: Sure thing. My high of the week was spending time with some of my family here in Hawaii, hiking and exploring some tide pools. It's always a great little escape way, and uh, you know certainly the highlight of my week. In terms of the low, uh, there's rain in the forecast here for the next two weeks. Uh, it's not untypical for this time of year or this area, but uh, you know certainly makes it a little soggy to get out and uh, enjoy the outside. In terms of my Buffalo, uh, fun fact, uh, on this day in 1981, NASA actually launched its first space shuttle, Columbia. I think I was just about mm, two years old and um, certainly a memorable day.
1: Oh, my goodness. What do you remember about it?
0: Well, I don't actually remember... Watching it, but I do recall seeing it a couple of years later, like being shared on the news again. I mean, certainly it was big news then and continued to be exciting news for the next several years. Yeah. But I just remember, you know, all of the young kids, you know, preschoolers and stuff being really excited about everybody wanted to be an astronaut and so excited about, you know, just the thought of um, going into space as a whole. Just very, very exciting times for us.
1: That's so, that's so fun. One of my uh, my oldest daughter, an activity that she did at school recently was to celebrate some of the women astronauts that have gone into space and have been a part of the the U.S. space program. So um, it is the last frontier, although a lot of uh, billionaires (laughs) have uh, conquered it by launching folks out into space. But yeah, uh, space. Would you would you want to go to space or no?
0: I I think I'd. I'd prefer to stay on the ground and, and watch. You know, I think while I, I love to do things that are adventurous, that's just one that's probably a little more adventurous than my liking.
1: Same, same, same. <laughs> all right, I'll 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 jump into my my high-low buffalo. Uh, my high from a work standpoint is uh, some of you all may have seen the press release or the news, um, but I've recently been invited and accepted. A membership into the Forbes HR Council, which is incredibly exciting. Uh, It's a place for uh, people who are uh, making inroads in our profession and have reached some certain goals uh, in the field. And it's a place for us to connect, build community. I even see someone who uh, is in the council who actually, I shadowed them when I was starting in my HR career. And so, it's kind of a cool full circle moment to now be able to celebrate being a part of this with them, and uh, my low as summer knows, I haven't planned a vacation yet, so I need to get on that. Summer is almost here, kids are almost out of school. I've got to figure out something before airline prices uh skyrocket and then my buffalo, I think this week I'll just continue to promote you know Earth Day and uh, the environment. And, um, you know, climate change is something that's important. I won't get on a soapbox, but just take a look at some of the the habits that you're doing and if there's anything you can do to help protect our home. Uh, Because, as we mentioned previously, not everybody's going out to space and we haven't quite figured out how to live there yet. So, um, yeah, my buffalo is just take take care of Mother Earth. All right. Let's jump into while we were working. And uh, while we were working is our weekly look at news and current events in the people leadership space that you may not have known about while you were working. So Summer, you want to go ahead and kick off this this article that we had in uh, HR Executive Magazine?
0: Sure thing. So there was an article uh, an HR executive and it was titled, "Where are Your Employees Working?" And considering that it's um, almost tax day, and this article talks a little bit about the number of employees who are actually working in a different state or a different country than where their employer thinks they are. And it's very timely because of course, you know as we know, Joey, there's a ton of compliance. And potential tax issues with having employees working in different states where you're not legally registered to be conducting business. So, I thought that this was a very timely article. Um, it, you know, was, was a fairly short read, but I thought that it was worth talking about on our show so that you know HR and people leaders are really paying attention to, um, you know, making sure that they're keeping employee updates. Um, employees' files updated, uh, and that they're you know registering in all of the appropriate states where they need to be.
1: Oh yeah, and I, I can I can undoubtedly uh, predict that there have already been uh, employees that have been screaming, frustrated, mad at their business owners uh, or or their management because they receive they filed their taxes and they realized that their taxes were wrong. Right. Maybe you you lived in New York, as an example, and then now you move to Kansas City and you didn't realize that you moved there more than six months ago and you have to pay Kansas City taxes and there's no reciprocity. So it's going to be a big, big, big nightmare for all of those companies that had people pick up and move. I'm just I'm just amazed uh, at the, the sheer number of people that work somewhere that their employer has no idea about that's what's what's crazy to me
0: i i would agree with that but in working with small businesses on a day-to-day basis it's actually not that uncommon because when you have some companies who you know have, have made a pretty broad announcement which is like you know you can work from anywhere at any time i think That's just too broad. It's not setting the parameters around like there actually needs to be a process in place to approve where these individuals are going to work from. And so that's the type of work that we do here with our clients is setting up the process for employees to first request where they'd like to move to. Or where they'd like to go for an extended stay. Reviewing, you know, is that a place where the company is already registered to do business? If so, it's a little bit of an easier approval. Whereas if it's, you know, a state or country where they don't currently do business, um, that makes it a little more challenging because there's costs and time associated with the company uh, registering to do business in a new state. So sometimes that answer is no, and it's hard because, you know, there's usually a, a pretty big reason on why why employees want to go you know, to a different location.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned the time cost of setting the employer up, but also the time of evaluating the uh, rules and responsibilities that an employer now has because they have an employee that lives in a certain area. Um, it, it can it can be a lot. It can be a lot to handle. We have worked with companies that maybe they um, didn't, they had like one handbook, right? And, and one set of laws. And uh, one of the things that I'll ask in our initial proposal meetings is like, how many employees do you have and what states are they in? And uh, that helped figure out, okay, how complex should their policies be? Are they aware of this? And if not, what are the things that we need to do on our side to help take care of them, like you mentioned? But I also want to look at the other side of what was covered in this this article, where it said that 49% of HR leaders believe their company lost employees due to an inadequate remote work policy. And 41% of workers who switched jobs in 2021 say flexibility to work from home was a reason to change employment. So. Even just a practical takeaway from this conversation, in addition to, hey, know where your employees are working and uh, get with us so you can have a plan to protect your business, is also in this crazy talent crunch that we're experiencing, evaluate your, your remote work policy and determine if it's flexible enough to keep the people that you want on your team. What do you think about that, Summer?
0: I, I couldn't say it any better, Joey. I think that flexibility is the key here, especially you know when you think about uh, the other episodes where we've talked about how difficult it is to, to retain and hire new talent. I think that anything companies can do within reason based off of their size, they should definitely be considering. And a couple of things that I wanted to point out um, while we're still talking about this is uh, some of the general guidance uh, that companies can use to kind of make a decision as to whether, you know, they, they need to be looking at an employee who's working from a different location as an actual move versus a visit, right? So kind of what is the trigger in terms of needing to register and needing to tax them. And so the first disclaimer I'll give is that it can vary by state. So it's very important that you research the specific state's requirements. Uh, But generally speaking, anything under 30 days is totally easy to approve. Anything 60 days um, is um, likely able to be approved. You still need to check each state, but there is actually some pending legislation in regards to making it, you know, kind of a 30-day cutoff. Um, And so, you know, it's really important that you know, if you do have these employees who are going into other states that you're researching exactly what the cutoff is for that specific state, knowing that in advance so that you can make a well-informed decision as to whether, you know, letting an employee go to another state for a period of time is going to trigger some additional actions.
1: Yeah. The more you know, the better you are. And that's what we help our customers do is, uh, lead from a place of strength and, uh, awareness and security as opposed to, Hey, I'm getting all these angry emails from my employees who, who left the state that they were in. And, uh, now we have to figure all of this out. So, yeah, that is, that is the article. So thank you to, uh Phil Albinus, who, who wrote this um, in hrexecutive.com. Uh, we'll, we'll drop a link in the show notes if you want to read more about this survey and his take on it. Uh, and as always, you can connect with us if you have questions about how something we talk about on the show impacts your business. Uh, next, let's go ahead and jump into Consultants Corner. And Consultants Corner is our place to get into the nitty gritty of things that we're seeing, things that we've experienced, and maybe customer uh, questions that have come in or questions from the audience. So if you have a question about HR at your small business, whether you're an employee or an employer, reach out to us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com with your question. And we'll make sure that we get it on air. This question is from the community, and it says, "We are a small company and want to offer some health benefits and 401K. But we don't know where to start. I'll go ahead and I'll start this one summer, and then uh, you can share, share your thoughts. But I think the, they took the right first step by reaching out to us. <laughs> I'll just say that because we work with companies all the time who are starting for the very first time. Or uh, have now sizable revenue coming in and they want to enhance or create their benefits policies. So the first thing that I would do is to reach out to an advisor, reach out to someone who can help you navigate this space, because there are a lot of things you need to consider, not just what benefits are out there, um, but what benefit portfolio is the best for your company, right? So. Uh, whether you're all in one location or if you are spread across the US or if you're spread across the world, you've got to start there and ask those questions uh, and and do that with, with people who can help you. And there are many flexible options to health benefits because it's not just your traditional plans anymore. There are a lot of things that you can do that uh, Summer will probably touch on um, that help you be more flexible. Um, but yeah, the best place to start is always with an advisor who can walk you through the process. What do you think, Summer?
0: Absolutely. And I love the fact that we got this question because I feel like this is one of the, the most frequently asked questions from our clients when they start working with us. As you mentioned, they are you know coming to us at a place where Um, they're no longer trying to do everything on their own. They're often hiring some of their first team members, or maybe they have a few and, you know, they're adding a couple of more and they're, they're kind of at the point to where they're like, okay, not having anything or just paying a higher salary to kind of offset, you know, these employees covering their own benefits is no longer going to work. And so It was a really exciting question to see because this is something that we do so frequently. Uh, Also, something that I'm super passionate about because I think that it is one of the foundational steps in a small business to going from like super small, you know, to like wow, like this thing's really growing. And as a business owner, I think it's also very exciting and rewarding to be able to provide these types of. Uh, These types of perks to your team. So, whenever we're working with a new client, we do absolutely ask a lot of questions that help us understand what are their goals and what are they looking to accomplish. Because, you know, if benefits were like, say, like a happy meal, like a one size fits all, then it would be a very different story. But some of the questions that we ask are, you know, first trying to understand what is a company's priorities. So right now we're hearing recruitment, like we need to be able to compete against some of these larger companies. And then of course, if they already have team members, we also hear that their priority is retention. And sometimes there's other things, you know, entirely motivating these decisions. But right now, those are really the top two. So you'll start to have conversations about, okay, like, what is your budget? How much can you spend? And then we start looking at um, what you know what's going to work best for them in terms of um, medical options. Usually we're looking at dental options. Um, sometimes we'll layer in um, a vision plan, but the top requests are medical and dental, and um, sometimes 401k at the same time. Um, if not doing 401k at the same time, it's usually like the next item that's added. Now, Joey, you you probably um, you you probably recall when you worked in a corporate role that uh, the company you worked with offered many more benefits than that, I imagine.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Right. But would you agree that? the most important, at least for small businesses, are those core benefits, the medical, dental, and the 401k.
1: I would, I would, and I would, I would put those in a category all by themselves of uh, employee safety and security. Um, Realizing that you are spending most of your waking time at work uh, if you get eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, then you're left with eight hours to do whatever else you want to do with your time. But the bulk of that is going to be spent at work. And so, it, it's almost a responsibility to ensure that uh, if a person needs medical care, that, that there's a way for them to do that. And then to, um, to I, I just call it paying your future self. Make sure that the employee setting time and investment aside to pay for their future self. Uh, that is that is a big responsibility for employer. So those are your your bare necessities to offering a um, a reasonable package to to someone that's going to sign up for your team and and be there for the long haul.
0: I I totally agree, and the reason I wanted to mention this is because sometimes the startups will have a vision that they need to offer this huge robust benefits package something similar to what perhaps they were offered when they worked for a larger company right so all of the like eap and disability and life plans and all of the other voluntary benefits and while those are really nice to have and when you grow as a company if you're able to add those on that's amazing i mean we would definitely recommend that but when you're a small business Like, simple is okay. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about what the contributions and like really high level plan design looks like on these, because I think the message that I'd love for our people leaders and small business owners to take away is that this doesn't have to be terribly complex nor expensive, and that it may be within reach when perhaps they didn't realize that it already is. So, Joey, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the contribution arrangements for small business plans. So, you know, when we're working with clients and, you know, helping them, helping them design plans, what are some of the like medical uh, reimbursement options that you're seeing companies offer? And do you have any insight into like, you know, kind of baseline contribution amounts that you've seen out there?
1: Yeah, great question. So um, when people are looking to get into the benefits, their first choice is usually to reach out to a broker and a broker, an insurance broker is going to sell them the traditional model of, hey, here's how many lives you have. Here's the, the three plans that you can pick from and here's what your rates will be for employee contribution and employer contribution. That typically in today's market works a lot better if you are in one location and your employees live in the same general area. Um, what, has, what has evolved over the years is something new, um, which are health reimbursement accounts, um, more specifically, QCERES, which are qualified small employer health reimbursement accounts. And then uh, ICRAS, which are, um, I forget the, the name of the acronym, but it's, I think it's like independent, independent contractor health reimbursement account, something. But uh, I, I should Google it because it's going to bother me if I don't have it by name. Um, but these types of plans allow your employees the flexibility, uh, individual coverage health reimbursement accounts. That's what the ICRA is. Um, it allows your your team to have the flexibility to choose plans that works for them, and as the employer, it allows you to um, make contributions that are pre tax in a way that is uh, simple. Um, the 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 rates the rate, and uh, it allows you to be able to project your um, insurance spend over the year, so you can contribute either um, premiums only. Uh, or you can contribute premiums, and you know list of of expenses, which might be like prescriptions, or band aids, or gauze pads, or allergy medicine. Um, so so there's a whole host of of ways that you can flexibly offer benefits. Um, it just depends on the situation.
0: Yes, I I appreciate you sharing some of that because the um, the Q-Sera plans are. You know, I always reference like what most small companies are doing that we work with. But for small businesses, it's really a great, flexible, easy to implement option. And from a cost standpoint, being able to set your employer contribution to a flat amount. So for example, I see many companies setting a $400 monthly contribution for an individual to spend towards you know, the plan of their Of their choice as um, kind of the most common amount. You know, some offer a little bit more or less. And then on the family side, doubling that and offering around $800 for uh, an employee who has two or more on their plan to purchase the coverage of their choice. So, really, really flexible, um, not only in terms of on the employee side but on the employer side to setting those contributions and knowing exactly for every employee, what their, what their investment would look like. Yeah. So Joe, you ready to talk about 401ks?
1: Let's do it. Show me the money. <laughs> <Cool>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I absolutely love 401k plans. I think it's one of the most exciting parts of working with the small businesses, because as you mentioned, Joey, it's investing in your future self. And I think it sends a really strong message to uh, your candidates that you're talking to and also your current employees that um, you care about them not only today, but you care about them um, in the future. And so having this this vehicle for them um, to invest on a tax-free basis is um, absolutely incredible. And they don't have to be very expensive. So there's a ton of options out there. And there are also uh, companies that you can work with Like you were mentioning benefit brokers so you know 401k um advisors um there's a host of them out there that that um would be more than happy to take your money um but it's one of the services that we provide in our regular ongoing consulting that i think is one of the greatest values and what we do is we, you know, we work with people leaders, uh, just like we do on the health benefit side, to kind of figure out like what are your goals, how many employees do you have, how much can you invest in the management of this plan. And so um, there's a couple of um, key record keepers. You know, I, I won't mention them by name on this episode, but there's a couple out there that have really designed some great products for small businesses that actually help contain the cost of the management of the plan. And um, believe it or not, there are also some plans that will allow you to set it up with as few as one employee. So I mentioned that because I think companies have this vision that they need to be bigger um, before they offer these types of plans. And you can actually set it up without an employer contribution. And that's, Joey, what I'm seeing most of the small businesses do. They're saying, you know, we, um, we're we proud to offer this benefit. You know, we intend to grow. And as we grow, look at offering an employer match. Um, and, you know, for the time being, it's employee contributions only. Um, but that at their earliest opportunity, they revise the plan to offer a match, which, you know, can either be discretionary, um, you know, based off of what the company can afford um, at, you know, given point in time, or they can set it at a small, um, match formula and then dial it up as their company grows.
1: Yep. Yep. There's uh, there is the match. Um, but there are also, um, there's like profit sharing too, which could be an opportunity for your business to, after the year's over, take a look at how you did and then give some, some, uh, bonus by way of uh, investing in your team's retirement. Um, the the most important thing though is that you have a plan and that you get enrolled. I'm a big fan of auto enrollment. Um, people typically don't unenroll um, once they've been auto enrolled and that gets them disciplined about saving for their future self, even if they um, wouldn't have otherwise thought of it as so I'm a big fan of the auto enroll um, process as a way to get people um, focused on saving for their future self.
0: That's a really great tip. I, I agree with that 100 percent. I think that it's um, once employees can actually see that the net difference in their check is not the same calculation that perhaps they had in their head. Um, then they're likely to keep it and, and start that account. So really great episode. I feel like we could talk about benefit plans for like a week straight, but it um, looks like our time has already come to almost an end today.
1: Yeah, it's, it's come to an end, but our conversation with you doesn't have to end here. If you want to take that next step and learn more about how we can help your business, reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com and we'll be able to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with you about ways we can help your business. As well as if you're interested in other topics that we've covered, there is a list of growing episodes on all of the podcast outlets as well as our YouTube channel where you can go to Jumpstart's, Jumpstart HR's YouTube channel or just search for While We Were Working wherever you get your podcast. As always, Summer, thanks for joining me and I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next episode.
0: See you then. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Got more questions? Then make sure you check out whilewewereworking.com for more tips and resources or shoot us a message on social media. See you next week.